All right, hello everyone, and welcome to Beers of the Round Table. I'm Brad Slater here with Zach Adams and Scott McKeefer. We're a little bit light, uh, <laughs> light today. It's yeah. finals week here in North Texas for our other two co-hosts. They are working very hard to make sure that they get those straight A's in school. Working so. harder, hardly working. I, I sure hope that Bobby. Well, they're and... hardly working for Beers of the Round Table right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I sure hope that Bobby and Joseph are studying hard right now. We want them to get A's. We want them to graduate. And best of luck to everybody who listens that has their own finals. They got to focus on too. Hopefully, we can provide you with a little bit of company on your long yeah. nights of studying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's talk about our, our beer this week. This week we're drinking Galactic Haze IPA, something I've been very excited about. Oh, stellar! Yeah, so this is this is from <laughs> this is from Hop and Sting uh, Brewing Company. Which fun little fact: Hop and Sting was supposed to open up in Denton, Texas, whenever they were uh, first opening, but the location that they originally grabbed in Denton just kind of wasn't working out for them. So they ended up going out to Farmers Branch, which isn't too far from here. Mm-hmm. But this is their first distributed uh, release. So really excited yeah, to try the, it. The can has a sticker on it. Yeah, so that's <laughs> so, some smaller breweries do that. I think it saves money. Uh, well, I would imagine, yeah, uh, as opposed to actually printing on every single can. Yeah. But all right, well, let's crack it open. Oh, <laughs> I just got all over my phone. <laughs> as we were just talking about protecting our phones. I jinxed myself is what I did. I immediately got a, a nice burst of hop aroma when I opened this up. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I can't believe how much I got on there. <laughs> so it's very nice and hazy, something that you you want to you wanna see in a beer like this. Oh, man. Can I keep it from going over? Sorry, guys. I'm a little behind right now. <laughs> Fortunately, I spilled just enough during that opening that it reaches the perfect amount. Ooh, that's good. So this is like kind of their interpretation of like the New England style IPAs that are really popular right now. Yeah. Um, you know, their whole, um, mission over there is to make it as hazy as possible and as juicy and tropical and dare I say dank as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> juicy, tropical, <laughs> dank. Yeah. I was actually listening to a few podcasts about actually like getting a level one and level two, um, it, you know, the wine. A Cicerone? Yeah. So they have an equivalent for beer. So, so Cicerone. Like, well, is it is that what it's called? For so, beer? so for a wine, you'd be a sommelier. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah. so for beer, you're a cicerone. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Listen to them talk. <laughs> it's actually kind of cool. Well, yeah, like level one is just about like pouring and stuff like that. Yeah, and, like kind of like what a bartender, every bartender would know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I feel at some point we should maybe dive into that. And yeah, see, if we, that'd be see fun. if we could at least do level one, maybe uh, level two. Yeah, dude. let's all become level one cicerones. Hey, I I wouldn't mind that at all. I mean, there's plenty of classes online. You know, we could actually try to look up and get involved in. I honestly think taking a sip of this, this is one of the most mild IPAs for the smell that I've I've ever had. It's really kind of deceiving. You think so? I love it. I mean, like I'm just saying that it's not. It's not punchy in the face. It's not going to punch you in the face, and it's the right amount of hoppy, or I mean, uh, kind of grassy flavor mm-hmm. that um, yeah, you can really enjoy 
um, you know, the fact that an IPA, I don't know. I just, I feel like this IPA in particular, it's nice. It's not trying to, it's trying to come over and hang out, but it's not trying to trash your entire place. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, uh, the other idea with these types of IPAs is drinking them as fresh as possible. Mm-hmm. Like you, if, if you could drink it, you know, right as soon as it's done fermenting, you know, you, you, you could. Is this mm-hmm. another one where they do the brewing with wet hops? Like no, how no, the this, other week? This isn't a wet hop one. This is more just a stuff as much hops as we can fit into the fermenters. Nice. Um, nice. and so like, I think when the bearded monk got their first batch of this, it was canned like six hours prior. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Dang, they, dude. they worked really hard to get like this beer distributed as quickly as they could. Uh, which is kind of what you want to do with this one. Unfortunately, I think this Ours particular is a few days at least. A few days. Yeah. I think it's closer to a week okay. old because um, this was one that I actually had to get Ben to reserve for me. Oh, okay, um, cool. So uh, he couldn't quite help us out because because of the limited quantity on this. Mm-hmm. Um, is that your knee? I keep touching. It is your knee. <laughs> yeah, that's my knee. Quit playing easy over there, you guys. Um, but yeah, so like I went down to the bearded monk last week to pick up my six pack. And as soon as I got in there, he was like, oh, I handed them all out, but I do have yours down. We're supposed to get more soon, so I'll let you know when it's supposed to come in. It'll probably be, like, tomorrow. I was like, okay, well, I'll, like, come tomorrow. And apparently, like, like right after I left, like, maybe 30 minutes later, they came in with the, the next sh- oh, shipment of it. And uh, the guy was asking Ben. He was like, so did you all sell out of it? He's like, oh, yeah, we blew through those, like, you know, as, like, as fast as possible. And the distributor was like, oh, what about that one behind the, the sign there? And Ben turns around and he's like, damn it, that was supposed to be Brad's. <laughs> well, anyway, so let's let's get into the into our topic that we were talking about. I think, um, Scott, you're going to kind of guide us through. I am your topic master this week. <laughs> um, yeah, so last night was the uh, Video Game Awards, and a lot of exciting stuff was announced, um, as well as awards given away to a variety of studios games and people in our in this industry congratulations to breath of the wild by the way yeah breath of the wild one game of the year i I was very happy to see that Uh yeah i was really excited i mean yeah i think we could all agree that um i mean we i I guess i played a little bit of mario over at bobby's i think zach you have mario i do and i i don't ever even play it like i i appreciate it for being a good game but it's 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 definitely not on the same level as Breath of the Wild is, man. I mean, in all honesty, it's it's just a different level altogether. I haven't mm-hmm. had an opportunity to play Mario yet. Right. But, I mean, we could all pretty much agree that Zelda, like, it, it deserves it. I mean... Definitely. Like, it, it's, a gen- it's a game that spans generations, spans um, what people people's uh favorite genres and stuff like that everybody can enjoy the genre that zelda has to offer right because uh, it's not a, just an action game it's not just a puzzle game it's not just a platformer like it's 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 something different altogether, man well my whole thing was like <clears throat> it like that was the first game i played in a while that really got me excited about playing the game for as long as possible for like uh, like like that's the first time that's happened to me in a long time <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like you know, playing through it and just like the mechanics of the game, everything to me was different. Like, and, and it could be because I was playing a Zelda game, and I was expecting Zelda to be one way, right? But it was right. completely different. Just in the first five minutes of playing it, when I find the jump button, 
And I'm like, <laughs> I can jump on command? Like, that was, like, that blew me away for a Zelda game. That's ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, going outside and just, like, picking up a stick off the ground, I was like, wow, this is... <laughs> and then, like, you know, like, it's, like, these small things, but at the same time, it's just, like, it was those things that really kind of made it a completely different and innovative game that really kind of revamped my love for it. Well, and you... Oh, I, I think, I, like, uh, just the last thing I was going to say is I think that Breath of the Wild has taken... Um, has pushed out Wind Waker for my favorite Zelda game. Well, you know what, man? You have the art styles that uh, elaborated on uh, Breath of the Wild, or not Breath of the Wild, uh, Wind Waker's art style, Mm -hmm. but still combined a little bit of uh, realism to it. I mean, to an extent, of course. Um, So you had the perfect artistic stylings on there, and you still had the same... I mean, Zelda has had this progression of of musical stylings with it mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, you start going from you know just regular you know eight bit kind of soundtrack to this orchestrated piece to now where it's like a symphonic experience. Where now, dude, I mean, I would love to pay the money to go see you know Symphony of the Goddesses. Exactly. Yeah. When the next time that they come to town here, I would love to go see that. They've just well, progressed see, on every on every aspect of Zelda, and they also won. Like best composed music in a game, I believe, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, like, see, that's another thing that really kind of struck me about Zelda is I feel like they went super minimalist with yeah. the soundtrack. In, in it fit the time period. It fit the style. Right. It fit right. because like it, it fit the game. It seemed to me like you you were mostly playing in silence, and to me, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Well, I mean, because it. Those you know, I mean, couple little piano riffs was what made the difference. Right, because, exactly. I mean, that that is what the wild is. You'd be walking around, you hear, like, a little chipmunk walk, you know, doing something, or yeah. you might hear some deer prancing around. Like, it, it's it's a combination of things threaded together as opposed to, I don't know, something more complex and composed. Man, it's an art altogether. Timing is an right, art exactly. in and of itself, dude. And whenever you can actually have a... a I, I don't know if this is actually the case, but I'm pretty sure that, that soundtrack is basically procedural. So basically, whenever yeah. you encounter something, mm-hmm. it, it you, you hear the music start out with that little piano riff. And as you get... Whenever you encountered, like, the assassins, mm-hmm. it started out as, like, a little piano riff. And then it built into, like, whenever you started getting into the action, you had the full, like, you know... It could synchronize with, like, your strikes. Correct. Right. And that was, like, one of the things that they touched well, on, I remember, originally in... Uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, whenever you'd be like, you know, yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. That was all really they, cool. They just built on every single lesson that they've ever learned throughout the entire course of the series, which, what, they're up to 20 years now? It's been about 20-something years since the first Zelda ever came out. Uh, Yes. If not, maybe a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I, not, think, I think it's definitely been more, because the first one came out on the NES. Yeah, back in the 80s. I mean, late 80s. But, I mean, it's been at least 20-something okay. years, maybe more than 25. It's got to be more than 25. This was 30 years ago. Yeah, it was. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's not 20 Skyward, years ago anymore. Okay, Skyward well, Sword. I'm 20, well, I'm 25 right now, and I know the game originally came out, I think, in, what, 89? So that's three years, four years. It's about almost 30 years old is what I I'm saying. I think Skyward Sword came out on the 25th anniversary. Yeah, so I mean, the game's older than all of us, right? Yeah, that's it. The thing is, is that they've had that many years, over a quarter of a century, just to come up with this beautiful piece of art. They definitely deserve the award, man. I was, I was so happy to see that. And talking talking about the soundtrack, they kind of like stuck in like you know things that weren't like you know, like 
I guess, like, time period appropriate. Like, whenever you, like, clear a camp and it shows, like, the, the treasure chest that you just unlocked, you hear, like, the ding, bell ding, of, like, of yeah. like, a, like, you know, a wrestling <laughs> ring. <laughs> I always love yeah. that part. <laughs> and, and they still have a little bit of lightheartedness to them, too, and that's what makes it great. Yeah, they're not afraid to, like, shove something into the game that, like, just really, like, you kind of have to really think about to fit, like... The DLC that was just released. Yeah. Ride, and, and riding a damn motorcycle so, in Zelda. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, before we bury the lead here, um, an announcement was made there, which a lot of people were predicting we'd get the date for the, as of this point, final DLC for Breath of the Wild. Right. But Nintendo actually said it's it's today. By the like, way, it's tonight. It, it's, it's tonight. It's out. And I believe it was... 11 o'clock or so last night when it was actually finally you could download it and start right. playing. I fell asleep before then because I was too excited. Do you, think, do you think maybe that they were holding out uh, to see what happened with the Video Game Awards? If no. They, if they actually won? I think this was a good opportunity to get right in front of Sony uh, because of uh, PlayStation Experience that's yeah. happening um, tomorrow. Um, and, uh, you know, and they had promised that it would be end of the year. Um, sorry. <laughs> they had promised it would be into the year, and I think the Game Awards. You know, I mean, Jeff Keighley, the guy who basically runs it and sets everything up. I mean, he's good friends with everyone at Nintendo. He's good friends with uh, Hideo Kojima. He, I mean, he's good friends with all of them. So this was just a perfect opportunity. And you know, I guess prior to this, people were like, they've never made any game announcements at the Game Awards, and Keighley was just like. Tune in on Thursday. That's all he would say. And I think there was, what, like six or seven games that were just announced. You know, Nintendo also announcing Bayonetta 3 as well as uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2 being ported up to the Switch. Hey, and let's not forget the longest trailer that we've seen so far of um, Death Stranding. I exactly. mean, that's one that I've, I've, I've been waiting for very, very intensely. So he <laughs> trying not to swallow in front of the mic. Yeah, just trying not to make noise in front of the mic. Not be like that uh, guy that's like, you gotta take the vanilla and... Yeah, you know I'm, what I'm talking about, yeah, Zach? I, I do. I, I guess I chew loudly. I, I, I no, no, no. It's that, that, that video where it's like the guy, he like takes it. Oh, and the vanilla, the sweeteners, the cream. All 10,000 taste buds. Mouth noises, ASMR. Anyway, uh, so... I missed the video game awards last night. I, I did I, as well. Yeah. Um, were like, so, and I've never watched one to be quite honest. Uh, so I know like, of course there's video game awards that they're giving out, but are like publishers like actually being able to go up there during the awards and be like, Hey, this is a game that we're coming out with. Yeah. Yes. That, and well, at this is that part I, of the I purpose think this of it? is the first year that it's previous years. They've had, um, like, I think, Last year, it would have been before the Switch came out, and I think they announced the day that they were going to talk or, like, reveal the Switch at the Game Awards or something like that. I thought the Switch had already been revealed by... Maybe it had been. They, like, did something weird. Or maybe they announced the day Zelda came out. Or no, I don't know. It was, there was something... I feel like Nintendo just did so amazing with, like, the like how they've handled the Switch release and all that kind of stuff. Because, like... I'm pretty sure it was like mid to late fall last year. Yeah, last year that they like actually like announced what the Switch was, and we kind of get like that teaser, and everybody's like, "Holy crap, this is no!" Amazing. The Switch couldn't have been out because we didn't have a Switch last Christmas. Well, yeah, 
This is the, the first Christmas of Switch. Yeah, right. So, so, so they might have been announcing like the date. I think of, they were announcing the date that they, they were they going talk to more about talk it. more about it. Because yeah. like yeah, because I remember like because yeah, that might have come out then because it was like the day before pre-orders started for the Switch was then when they were like, hey, this is more about the Switch. Pre-orders start tomorrow, and that was when I was just like, holy crap, I'm going to go pre-order Switch right now. Yeah, and I did. So yeah, to, I guess to sort of answer your question in a oblong way, yes, this has now become, you know, last year it was very advertiser focused, but because it was still on its second year and trying to get up, you know, and to be recognized, you know, a big thing about last year was China was actually included and in being able to actually stream it and stuff like that. And that was a big gain. And so now this year they actually could make you know, announcements on new games, not just updates. And, you know, as Zach had mentioned, uh, Hideo Kojima with Death Stranding. Was Hideo actually there by chance? He was there. He He presented an award with, um, uh, what is the guy who does all the crazy movies? Um, Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Oh, yeah. He presented an award for, Oh, uh, for best indie game with Guillermo del Toro, and the one that won that was um, the cartoon game. Oh, Cuphead. Cuphead, yeah. yeah. Cuphead won that. I'm really happy that uh, Guillermo, because the thing was that it, that had gone on for a long period of time, is that del Toro was kind of putting himself a li- at a little bit of a distance with the story writing for this game, I mm-hmm. feel like. For Death Stranding, that is. And for him to actually be on stage, that was like, you know, the f- sure thing that, look... Hideo's going to write this story, and I'm going to be there every step of the way as well. So you know it's going to be a fully featured story. And actually, one of the things a lot of... uh, I'm going to go ahead and save it for whenever we move on to Death Stranding, because that's something that I want to talk about completely. Well, I mean, we could get into it now. Let's just go. Go for it. Because Norman Reedus was also there to present or to show it off. Before before we go off the the, um, video game awards... um, Oh yeah, I was gonna say, uh, like you know, with with developers and publishers going up there, like during the video game awards and being able to like announce games and different things like that. Do you think that's just kind of like a cheap way to for developers and publishers to be able to shove in like free publicity for them? No, nah. like because because they, they know people are gonna be watching it and they they know that they're gonna have a lot of attention on them and be being able to be like, oh hey, by the way, we're also doing this game. When really well, the the video you, game like, awards when it should be about like you know the games that have already come out. It's a VMA. It's a it, or not a VMA. Uh, uh, God damn it! Um, it's 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 a it's an art gallery. It's it's something where you display, you know, art. Okay, even the trailers. And this is something that we were talking about right before the podcast started. Was movie trailers as compared to video game trailers? Mm-hmm. Video game trailers are still about the art of getting people hooked. Right. You know, video game trailers, I feel like, have gotten so advanced nowadays that they surpass movies even. Movies show the entire plot line, and then that's it. And everybody hates watching trailers now because they show that kind of stuff. But video game developers, I, I feel like trailers, making a trailer is an art, okay? VMAs are more than just the video game itself. It's everything that goes into the video game, you know? Awarding the the soundtracks that go along with that video game, the artistical, the orchestrated pieces that are accompanied with it, the visual stylings that you know are present in that artwork form of video games, um, and, and honestly, I don't even think it's 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 not even just for publicity. Publicity is just a side effect of it. 
You know, you can have a completely terrible game like Battlefront, and that is still publicity for Battlefront. Now, fortunately, EA has been doing pretty bad with the whole Battlefront thing, and actually a lot of they, people they, took jabs. Oh, yeah, a lot of people took jabs at him. But the thing is, though, is that it's not about the publicity for the game. It's about discussing a piece of art and your thoughts on that piece of art, and that's what we're here to do today on today's podcast. Yeah, you know? and... It starts a dialogue. Yeah, I think that 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 was kind of the overall consent. Like the announcements are kind of um, icing on top of the cake, right? You know, people were there to actually, you know, like we the um, industry icon award went to the lady who was the first woman to basically put her name on a video game box as a designer. Um, I believe she was like designing for like the Atari or something like that you know, way, way back in the day. And you, she came up there and made like such an awesome speech about how, you know, being a woman in the field. Yeah. Like she, you know, the guy, the guy who had hired her was like, all right, now she'll be able to make more like design or like more like paper doll kind of games and stuff like that. But she made like all these awesome, like flying and boat shooting and all these games like just even looking at it, it's like, you know, being a programmer, I can look at it. She made like a procedurally generated game that had almost no repeats in the way the track was laid out. And I was like, damn, like that. In the no, early that's commendable. days. Dude, yeah. 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 In the early days. And I mean, we're it, still learning a whole lot about procedural generation and how it all works. Right. <laughs> and you can't just import a library that yeah, you find yeah. on Google. Back, back in the day, yeah, you had no internet. <laughs> she she literally just did all this stuff from, like, scratch, basically. From probably yeah. PhD documents, dude. Yeah. From, like, <laughs> stuff, Went down to the local library and pulled out some Red journals. Parberry's early work. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, you know, like, to be able to commemorate someone like that. And she's, like, you know, saying how, like... You know, nowadays the graphics are so good, it, it can't just be from you, but you know, like, she, she hasn't still to this day an enjoyment of the craft. And, yeah. and then, yeah, even, uh, you know, um, God, Cuphead, you know, that was a family of, I think, I want to say seven people who worked on that whole game. Really? Yeah. Huh. It was a family? Yeah, it's a family. It's, not two, brothers, it's like two brothers. Two brothers who started the company and then a wife and then two cousins and I think one person's like a friend that they grew up with who lived down the street. Yeah. But That's pretty cool. Who, who did the music. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like basically a family and you know, they, they were commemorated for two different things. Um, it was like, Best indie game and maybe best art direction or something like well, that. Well, it's a really interesting art style for a video. Right. Game. Yeah. I mean, well, and they, the thing is, is that you see how they did the frames and the animations for it. They did it in the classical stylings of whenever cartoons were back in those days where they had a storyboard and they would draw everything and they would actually go through and do the ink after the fact. You know, like how Walt yeah, Disney Yeah, the wife used to. worked on the inking part. Yeah, that's how it used to be. You would have a storyboard actually sketch everything up and then you'd have an entire team of people. And originally, traditionally, it was like women, you know, a huge women team that would actually, you know, color it kind of like as you would in like a coloring book to provide mm-hmm. that, that vivid color. And all the backgrounds are in watercolor, I believe. Yes, yes. And that was... 
you know that's that's what happens you get great games like that whenever you have people designing a game for the love of gaming and for the art of gaming rather as for uh you know making money like how ea does and stuff mm-hmm. like that i'm gonna go ahead and take a, ta- a jab right now too <laughs> low-hanging fruit over here i'm sorry but you know it, it's 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 a common problem in gaming and that's why i think that we're coming across this revolution of indie gamers you know i mean indie gaming being as big as it is right now but i i just the thing is that you can be an indie game developer or you could be a, a giant you mm-hmm. know and you're still you can still get the exact same amount of recognition at the video game awards right and i guess kind of the last point about why it's not so much about the advertising is um uh like we've previously previously stated PSX is this weekend, so most of the people are going to be there for PSX. Like, I met Tim... For announcements? Yeah, for announcements. So, like, you know, I met Tim Schaefer, who made, like, Psychonauts at PSX when I went last year. Nice. Um, And then, right after that, is uh, uh, GDX, Game Developers... It's the Game Developer Conference, so it's... GDC? Or, I'm sorry, yes, GDC. I don't don't know where... You're thinking GDX? GDAX. We're talking about that cryptocurrency <laughs> next week. Um, yeah, GDC, where the game developer conference in the same area is also happening maybe next week sometime. So, you know, this is just like the optimal time for everyone to get together and really just celebrate games. Well, we're reaching the end of the, uh, of the, and this is where the business does come into that kind of, to the industry and stuff like that, where it does actually kind of matter about, uh, the actual industry of gaming is that the fiscal years will be coming to an end pretty soon. So you have to you have to show what you've been working on all year. You know what I mean? Right. Just uh, go ahead and... It, it explains the time period. Yeah. But Death Stranding. All right. I, I got to talk about Death Stranding, dude. That was... Okay, give us, give us a little bit of context for those of those that aren't you know quite that in-depth. So, so today I watched the trailer four think... times total and <laughs> showing well, it to people. Okay, but like before that, the first Death Stranding teaser i guess we got was like a naked norman reedus and then like he had like an umbilical cord to like a baby and then the baby disappeared and he got all the handprints all over his body yeah and then there was a bunch of dead whales and then he looked up and there's all those psychomantis people like floating in the air very lovecraftian and yeah. it was like you know the thing was was that it's just it was really interesting in how the stylings went and originally people thought that this was Hideo Kojima's. They were making all these predictions like, you know, Hideo losing his baby because uh-huh. after he got let go from, uh, after he quit, I'm going to say quit. Well, and then it was also from K- Konami. Norman Reedus's like tag. He had like five, um, what is tags that? Dog on tags on. Yeah. Cause that was like to represent like Metal Gear Solid one through five. Actually, I know what they said on there because I did some research today for today's event, and I will explain that here in just a second. But but anyways, the second trailer it had, was the one that had Guillermo del Toro in it. It had and Guillermo del Toro, and it also had Mad something. Matt Mickelson. Mad Mickelson. No, not is it Mickelson? It's it's the it's the Dutch actor or the the Norwegian actor. He's he's the other one who's the main star besides Norman Reedus. Right, and he's done works in. Uh, and a couple other things. I, I can't think of ex- exactly where else he's in, but he's also another popular actor. Yeah, so that one, it was like, it was like a close, it was like it slowly got closer and closer. Into in a on, sewer. Yeah, on Guillermo del Toro, 
while like this army is going by on uh in a tank and yeah it's, like, like marching a, and like the army is like all like skull heads and stuff like that and he has a baby as well and then it follows this plastic baby as it goes into a sewer way where matt mickelson or however you say his yeah. name he like his like helmet like disintegrates and he like holds his his hand up to his eye to like, to like sh- sh- yeah to and do then the, he goes and yeah he and this. then like these cords come off of him they're connected to more of these skeleton soldiers and it's like uh, yeah and then that you know they go forward and whatever it ends right yeah and then now the third one that you watched <laughs> the third one norman reedus is laying down in a uh it's after a car crash and he's like just getting up at, off the ground he's wearing a jacket that says porter and an armband that says corpse disposal team six or five mm-hmm. something like that and he gets up and he turns around to his team that he was with and they're all wearing similar jumpsuits with the same armband but with different colors on it now, keep in mind, Porter is somebody who transports something. In, like, hotel terms, it's who brings right. the baggage to the room. So you're guessing that he's probably the head transporter for these corpses. He kind of gets up and starts walking towards him, and you see this kind of, like, corpse-looking thing with a golden face mask on with a skull head on it laying on the ground wrapped up like how you would with a corpse before it's about to be um, cremated, all right? Mm-hmm. So he looks down at it, and then it, the camera pans over to his other two uh, colleagues, okay? One of the colleagues has his legs pinned underneath the vehicle that they were riding in. It's like this risen-looking van. It's like actually like a van on stilts, and it's outrageously high from where the axles are actually at on the vehicle. And uh, one of the guys is trying to lift the vehicle up, and you see this like little weird machinery that like looks like a little flower pop up over his shoulder, and they're all wearing this, Norman Reedus and all the other people, and it acts as like a flashlight and stuff like that. And he's trying to lift the guys uh the vehicle off the guy and the guy's like sitting there screaming and stuff like that and then you see the thing coming off the other guy who's trying to help his back start flickering like it starts like opening and closing mm-hmm. like flower and making this like weird noise and then the guy trapped under the vehicle starts to rapidly age it's really freaking weird and then norman reedus is like sitting there you know off in the distance and then the guy they actually said up. his name but i don't remember what it was at some point. So is this a sequel to a game series I'm just no. completely unaware of? <laughs> well, Norman Reedus, the only reason why Guillermo del Toro and Norman Who Reedus the hell is are... Norman Reedus? Norman Reedus is the uh, crossbow guy from Walking Dead, okay? Ah, okay? That's why people are really interested in it, and he's also in a sideway friends with Kia, or uh, with uh, Hideo Kojima, and del Toro is for other reasons too, but that's beside the fact. So now, <laughs> is it like his actual likeness that's in the game? Yes. Completely. Like but you... All the actors are face captured down to the T. Yeah, like it... It's freakish. It's, it's crazy. Like, okay. if you go and look up the actual person, do a side-by-side, like... I mean, it, it's hard to well, tell. I mean, down to the we've, facial we've... hairs, down to his scrappy yeah, little beard. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're at that stage now with technology. Well, in the, in the, in the trailer, uh, the guy who's trying to lift the vehicle off is like, they're coming, we're surrounded, and then you see Norman Reedus go, don't even breathe, and they all stop breathing, and you see these handprints mm-hmm. start crawling up the side of this overturned vehicle. Like, just invisible. Just, like, these little handprints going on. Meanwhile, there's lightning. There's rain going on. It's a gray, rainy, like, weird kind of landscape. And you see this shadow of this floating figure in Mm -hmm. the distance, dude. Not related to these handprints. And you're like, oh, shit. And then it goes off. And, like, the little, like, little 
machinery is like following this creature as it moves the invisible creature and then eventually it stops moving and it's just like that and it's like all right we're clear and so all of a sudden norman reedus next to the corpse the corpse starts vibrating all vibrant or violently and stuff like that and then dissolves into the ground in this black oily tar and the face mask the golden face mask kind of disintegrates and then all of a sudden, shit starts going down. Norman Reedus, like, he, he hears something behind him, and he falls over. And you see handprints getting closer to him as he's sitting there on the ground, the same handprints that were on the vehicle. And then his boot starts to smoke and stuff like that. Norman looks like he's about to f-ing die, dude. And then <laughs> the dude underneath the van starts screaming. And then the footprints go around Norman and gets closer to the guy. And the guy ages even faster from, mm-hmm. like, from like maybe in a man in his early 30s to a man like maybe even in his late 70s. And then eventually you see the, the dude who's trying to help him. His like little things like going freaking crazy. His little machinery is like, oh my gosh, I'm detecting so many enemies here. And then all of a sudden the dude that's trying to help him backs off. And the guy who's pinned underneath the car, he's like, ah, ah. And then this black tar bubbles up around him. And he's like lifted from underneath the car into the ground and starts being carried off. And then the guy that was trying to help him pulls out a pistol and shoots the guys. He's being dragged away, and he's, like, screaming and stuff like that. And then uh, all of a sudden, things get quiet for a second. And then the guy that was trying to help him with the pistol, he starts getting surrounded by this black tar stuff, too. And then eventually, um, he you, – you, while this is all going on, every now and then you'll see these little figures out in the mm-hmm. in the gray – shadowy fog that are floating these floating looking people things he all of a sudden freezes and then gets flipped upside down and right before he gets flipped upside down he's about to blow his brains out all right with the same pistol for no reason at all and then he's like sitting there floating by like as if somebody's holding his leg and he's being held up like this and he starts floating up in the air and all the rocks start floating up in the air norman reese is just standing there watching the shit happen dude and he starts getting picked up he's like no 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 and the bracelet on his arm yeah it's is glowing well, and stuff he like also that. starts stabbing himself in the chest That's what what I was right. about to say is that he pulls out a knife and he starts trying to kill himself, all right, as he's being levitated up. And then all of a sudden out of the gray blackness, you see this giant Lovecraftian beast, all right, with these tentacles coming out of his fingers, like all of his fingers. And this is a giant, dude. And the guy is being levitated up towards this giant's mouth. And right as he's about to be dropped in, you notice that this giant has two hands for a mouth, okay? And then the guy who's being levitated gets dropped into it, and the mouth closes, and then Norman Reedus looks away. And before all this happens, too, I forgot to mention, the dude with the pistol drops a baby in oh, kind yeah, of a yeah, little yeah. vial yeah. and <laughs> says, run, or something like that. And it's like this baby in a vial with it's like a little... It's the same one cord. from the second. From the second and the yeah. first. In the first, like, thing. there's something about babies in vials or something like that, and umbilical cords. Because the other thing is, too... Test you babies. Yeah, well, and the thing is that this giant Lovecraftian beast, the one thing that you can notice if you look at it really close is he has this giant massive umbilical cord draping down from him going to somewhere. And so anyways, the jaws close on the dude, okay? And then there's this giant white explosion. This is where things get really trippy. (laughs) So Norman Reedus now goes into this kind of like dream state, okay? He is falling into water. You might want to rinse your glass. And he's falling through uh, this kind of like ocean. And he's kind of, I guess he's naked. And you can see these handprints kind of disintegrating off of his chest, okay? And I don't know what it is with these handprint footprint things. You want, you, want, you want to drain your beer real quick? Yeah, hold on. Tar. 
<laughs> so the uh what you think that was gonna take him a long time <laughs> dude i was gonna i'm not done yet dude i'm explaining the entire trailer here so what happens is, is at this point he's like these handprints disappear and it pans off into like this underwater setting you see these fish swim by and they're all upside down okay it's the weirdest freaking thing. They're just swimming by in the water. And then a whale swims by upside down as well. And then it pans further down into this, like, little ocean. And you see this, like, door come by where it says webs or uh, network. Webs city. are us. Well, it's like webs of America or something like that, United Cities of America. So there must have been – and you can see this kind of, like, pinpoint with a web coming from the east coast of America. It looks like like somewhere in Maryland or Delaware or something like that along the New England area on the door. You see that symbol also in the other trailers too, and uh, it, it's it's weird. So what you can guess is that you know there's something that happened in that area, and now America's all torn apart. That's what you can pick apart from the other areas or from the other trailers. And so as it pans down even further past this door, you see a Norman Reedus clothed in his original outfit with a porter. Like this, like weird, like looking jumpsuit thing, and he's like laying on the ground, and then uh, it pants to like real life again outside of like the uh, outside of the water, and he like wakes up and he like rolls over, excuse me, he rolls over, and then he throws up this black tar, and out of the black tar, these little water bears, you know, pterograds or whatever it is, those like weird creatures that can like survive anything, like scurry around and is like throw up and stuff like that. And then they start crawling up the, uh, the, the sky. Like they just start floating up and away. And actually right before this happens too, at the end of this like little dream sequence that Norman Reedus has, it like fast forwards and like looks down to his throat. And like you see deep down in his throat, there's like this like weird like thing inside of his esophagus and it looks up and it's the baby sucking on his thumb and then like pulls out the thumb. All right. And then, and then. <clears throat> yeah, the throw up happens and all that other stuff too. He throws up the black tar and he gets up and he still has the vial with the baby in it and the umbilical cord. You don't see the vehicle anymore or anything like that. And he stands up, okay? And where he's at is actually at a crater. The same crater looking thing that you see in the first trailer. Right. And you see these multiple, like weird humanoid yep. figures floating Those, in the sky. So from uh, Metal Gear Solid, basically Psycho Mantis had the ability to fly. Yeah. Or he he had like a what's uh levitation. What's, yeah. Well, he he could like read your mind and stuff like that and like levitate telekinesis. Telekinesis. And so like a lot of people are comparing Psycho Mantis to the figures that are flying the floating beings and so it's just this giant crater and then throughout the entire dialogue to bring this all back around at the beginning norman reedus is commentating about how explosions started the universe and started the planets and then started life and humanity and then at the very end of the trailer everything goes black and he's like this is the last explosion you know the one that we'll ever experience and i'm guessing it's talking about that crater okay yeah that big ass crater a lot of people are talking about death stranding the title name has its own set of clues you know talking about how the dude is he's being floated up to lovecraftian hand beast thing that um he's they can't he couldn't die like you see this wristband change colors as he stabs himself mm -hmm. to red and you see this with the guy who's pinned underneath the car as he gets older his wristband changes colors to indicate his health level 
it's almost like these creatures don't let you die and then they feed off of your life. And it's part of the reason why Norman Reedus is like, hold your breath, don't even breathe. Because mm-hmm. he was moving around and stuff like that, but the creature can't see him unless he talks or breathes and stuff like that. So it's just, it's a weird, weird thing. And I'm thinking it's going to be some interdimensional stuff. Going back on the first trailer, Hideo Kojima, after this thing is displayed, fucking genius in his marketing or whatever you want to call it. He goes, Look through the other trailers, you'll understand what I mean. Those, um, <laughs> those, uh, those dog tags uh-huh. that Norman Reedus is wearing, this is the one thing that we can confirm. It refers to a couple of equations relating to quantum physics and stuff like that. Really? I don't remember exactly. It's quantum field theory is what it's based off of, okay? They have the equations written on them. So it's, it's likely to believe that maybe in Delaware, since it's in that kind of like area, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. in the New England area, that's the only thing you can see from that door handle maybe it was like an experiment by mit or some science group to open up a portal or a doorway similar to how the half-life series goes oh, and yeah. i want to go ahead and let everybody know i'm a huge half-life fan huge i love the idea of interdimensional shit because it makes everything that's weird in a video game make sense and maybe <laughs> just maybe he was part of that team, and they opened up something, and that's what caused the crater and the explosion that you keep seeing in all of right. these things. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, point is, <laughs> is that this thing, I am so confused. I got obsessed with the trailer, and that's what a trailer is supposed to do, okay? Not like how movies are doing it now with, like, Jurassic World 2 and some of this stuff where it explains the entire plot line within five minutes. Like, dude, oh, my God. Gosh, some of these trailers that I saw, GTFO was one of the other games that was announced. It's from the makers of Payday and Payday 2, okay? Basically, I don't know even what the premise is. It sounds like they're prisoners that are forced to go down into this old mining pit or experimental pit or Mm -hmm. something like that and retrieve stuff. And whenever they go down there, they get attacked by these alien monster demon beings, and you have to fight through it. So just some of these games that are coming out and what you see at the VGAs are just freaking amazing. I mean, the level of, of quality of some of these trailers are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, well, and see the other one that I thought was really cool was, uh, the witch, witch something. What was that one about? Cause I was, those were the it, only like, to me, it looked like sort of like Skyrim, but with friends. <laughs> Dude, that it, sounds great. Because it was like, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, like it, it has game by Zynga, Skyrim with friends, <laughs> Skyrim with friends. Well, yeah, because it had like swords and shields and magic, and it was like that same thing where like you know they had magic in one hand and a sword in the other, and like chop chop chop. And so yeah, <laughs> I think it's like a four or with your friends, and you could go around and kill people and stuff. That oh. sounds awesome, dude. <laughs> and I mean, there's just so many good games coming out, and it just. I'm so excited. I'm so ready for it. Well, now that we've killed it a sufficient amount of time, um, <laughs> let me let me take a look at that bottle real quick. Oh, sure. Uh, for for our listeners, um, now that we've f- finished our Galactic Haze, we switched over to uh, Big Bad Baptista from Epic Brewing. This is another rarity that I got from Ben, ben oh, this yeah. week, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, and it's really good mm-hmm. so far from from what I've had. It's an imperial stout with Mexican coffee, cocoa nibs, uh, vanilla, and cinnamon. Hmm. I don't uh, know if I can really taste this cinnamon. I can actually taste it a little bit. Like, there's almost what I would just kind of call like a holiday flavor to it. That um, where where I kind of get that cinnamon. Maybe it's the coffee that's kind of overpowering. But there, there, there is a good amount of coffee in there. But like, I, I guess maybe I'm I'm so used to coffee beers now that I can kind of taste that difference in there where the, where the cinnamon is. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, it could be. Um, 
So while while Zach's in the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, don't 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 reveal the cum <laughs> or don't don't let them behind the kimono. <laughs> so um, Epic Brewing, like they they have a series of beers, Big Bad Baptist, mm-hmm. um, which I really like their that series because it's a different like every time they do a batch of it, it's it's slightly different. Every batch is a little bit different. Uh, different alcohol content and all that kind of stuff. It's usually around the 11 to 12% range. It's a big, big, uh, barrel aged imperial stout. Mm-hmm. So this is a variant on it, the Big Bad Baptista. And this one's, I guess, like their Mexican variant because it's got, yeah. you know, the Mexican coffee. It's got the cinnamon in there. Have you Do we know what the do? difference is between American and Mexican coffee? I, I don't know. Well, okay. I can tell you Mexican coffee is going to be a lot stronger and a lot more bold because of the fact that a lot of times it's more, it's raw. It's 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 just it's, it's fucking raw. It's fucking raw. <laughs> well, it's grown just south of the border in Mexico. Okay, so the thing is that you get a fresher bean and stuff like that, and the stylings. It's just they like their coffee black, man. And <laughs> I mean, it, it's just it, it, it's it the the flavoring itself is a lot more full. And it's hmm. as a coffee drinker myself, I drink my coffee black, man. I also I don't like cinnamon by itself. I really don't. But if you have Mexican hot chocolate, it's a lot of cinnamon, a lot of spice added to it. It's a lot thicker, a lot more bold. They like flavor, man. They mm-hmm. like flavor. A lot of Mexican cuisine has a lot of strong flavors to it. I tell you, I've been waiting for Carrie to make the Mexican hot chocolate. She she got the stuff for it. I've just been waiting for her to make it. I've never had it. I, I need to try. Uh, it. I've never had it either. I'm, I'm very, <laughs> very excited. <laughs> um, you can get abuelitas, which is uh, yeah. It's 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 basically like. The way that you have to make it, though, is you have to make it in a pot. You yeah. literally just melt down the chocolate with heavy cream. Uh-huh. And, uh, man, is it f- good. When for for it our right? Secret Santa party coming up, I'm going to do, like, a spiked hot chocolate in the crock pot. That sounds fantastic. If we can Put do— Put some rum in there. I just saw one with uh, with with uh, crock pot hot chocolate where you do, like— you let it cook with mainly just chocolate chips. Like it's mainly melted chocolate with a little you bit might have, of cream You might have in seen it. the exact same recipe I'm going to use. <laughs> Is it the tasty one? Yeah. I'm yeah. just, just going to put rum With the marshmallow? Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. I've been wanting to try it. If you can set that up, man, I am so ready for it. No, yeah, we'll Saturday, report back on it on here. Next Saturday when we have our party, I think that's when we're going to do it. Um, Shout out to our t- or to uh, Tasty yeah. there on uh, on uh, Facebook. Yeah. But uh, back to the to the beer, they have another variant. Uh, I was talking to Zach about this. He, he got to see it that I got um it's their triple barrel one mm-hmm. so the beer is aged not only in whiskey barrels but also rum barrels interesting and then uh they've like they add in uh barrel aged coffee beans and barrel aged um uh coconut what would a barrel aged coffee bean be see that's something i'm a little bit curious about do they just take the coffee beans and shove them in a whiskey barrel or like you know how, how does that work i'd I'm, have to imagine it'd be something like that yeah i mean well, I, I don't know what else they do i guess you let the bean sit before it's roasted because the thing is is that a lot of times it's roasted basically pretty fresh uh-huh. so i don't know what the effect necessarily would be by letting the bean sit for a while while it's still fresh before roasting it and then roasting it i i, I don't i we honestly could do some, don't we could do some research maybe come back to this okay um but yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Moving on, uh, I got a little game for us to play. Um, we are coming to the end. In of the spirit year. of the game awards, a game. <laughs> well, even more in spirit of the game awards, we're coming to the end of the year. So I found a list of um, this list came from Business Insider. It's their list of the top ten uh, games of the year. All right. So uh, I've got the list. I'm gonna let you guys tell me what y'all think. Is on the list. Is, is this video games or games in general? Video games. 
video games. So uh, let's get some some uh, music going here. Perfect. Let me let me test my sound effects real quick. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so right. wait, can you hear that in the live stream too? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. So um, just go ahead and tell me like what what you think might be on the list, and I'll, I'll tell you if it's right or wrong. And if you, if y'all start getting stuck, I'll start giving you some hit hints. All right. So top video game it came out this year. Uh, Legend of Zelda. Of course. <laughs> uh, Destiny Two. Um, Hell no. No. Oh my god, really? <laughs> no. It was a failure. <laughs> Alright, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, did that come out this year? Yes. That's, that's, that's on this list. Yeah. That, that's number three. I need to play that robot dinosaur uh, game. Right? Alright. By the way, Breath of the Wild on this list was only number four. Really? Damn, dude. Yeah. Alright, um, let's go ahead and say. Wolfenstein sh- 2. Nope. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Stardew Valley. Ah, <laughs> I think that came out last year. Ah, well, uh, let's go ahead and say, um, gosh, I want to say all the old games like Rocket League and stuff like that. Rocket League, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. uh, okay, uh, d- d- is it going to be Battlefront Two? Please tell me Battlefront Two is not on there. Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first times I've ever wanted to be really wrong. <laughs> Uh, God, what other good games came out? Okay, what came out? Uh, what about, um, Near Autonom- Autonoma? Automata. Automata. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Can we go ahead and say... Persona 5. Oh, yeah. That's gotta be one. No, God uh. dang it. <laughs> Wait, what is... What, is this just based off of scores? Is it based off a of monetary gain? Um, I, I should have gone back and read a little bit more about how they, they curated their list. Because um, these are games that were like Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was number two. Number uh, two. According what to was business, even business more than that? Is a Call of Duty modern or Call of Duty uh, World War Two one of them? No. What about Battlefield One? That wasn't this year. Was that last year? Oh damn. <laughs> I, okay, I will tell you that words with friends on this list. There's only two. No, I'm sorry. Three. Y'all already guessed Horizon Zero Dawn. There's only three that I hadn't heard of about this year. Let me know. Let me know, let me know when, uh, when when you want me to start giving you hints. <laughs> you might have to. You now. might have I to. Mean, I mean, I can't think of any other good game that actually came okay. out. Okay. Um. It was. It's more popular as a TV show. Oh sh. Um. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rugrats trip to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Rugrats the movie, the game. Walking Dead, Batman. <laughs> uh, more popular as a show. It's a funny show. Wait, what? How is a funny show turned into a video game? It's happened. I guess it has happened. If it's on this list. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can you tell us what the uh, setting is? That might give it away. <laughs> um, the Flintstones. I'm trying to, trying to think of a, another hint to give you that's not going to completely give it away. Yeah, I I, I can't think of any games. I'm sorry, man. It's a show. Cuphead. That's on the, on yeah. the list. Yeah. It's not a TV show. What is it? Cuphead. 
Well, that's not a TV show, but that's, that's, that's not the one I'm trying to lead you to. I'm just trying to think of more Cuphead. Cuphead. Cup, cup the, the drawing Cuphead. game. Oh, I yeah. thought he was saying C A P H E A D. Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> Cuphead. <laughs> okay. Cuphead. Um, this this show has become uh, more relatable, but in my opinion, a little bit more stale over the years. Oh, Walking Dead. No, I, I already I, said I don't that. watch Walking Dead. Give me a second one. I need a second one. Is no. it um? Kara <laughs> said walking or, or uh, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> There's no. Oh God! <laughs> There's no video game, let alone in the top ten. Oh God! What has been on the? So on we're the TV? well, we at five that we've gotten. Uh, let's see, one, two, three. You, you've correctly guessed four out of ten. Four oh, out of ten. Shit. We should have limited this to like twenty or something. Twenty guesses or something. <laughs> let, me, let me ask, what, what's another one that's not about uh, TV shows? Okay. I don't watch TV. Um, this game once had a deal with Asus um, to be branded on a motherboard. Or the, the franchise did. Far Cry? Halo? Because, like, Master Chief is on, like, the new Scorpio. Like, the Xbox One X, there's a Is uh, FIFA Master on one of them? No, uh, um, this this game series is one I'm not a really big fan of. Um, in my opinion, it's it's really repetitive. I didn't feel like it got any newer even after the first one. <laughs> These uh, are not good hints. Uh, well, if you knew me, okay, <laughs> Scott. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know you. Um, people that think they're good at parkour, Gears of War, Mirror's Edge. Gears of War. What what about the other one that people that think they're good at parkour would probably dress up as this character and uh, go running around? Gosh, Overwatch? Assassin's Creed. Oh, okay, you're, Assassin's Creed Origins. Origins. There you yeah. go, finally. Dude, that is such a good game. I've been playing it and uh, shut up. There's, there's I I love it. It's so good. <laughs> there's at least two on here. I don't think that anybody's going to get because I know one of them's not even like a console or a PC game. It's a mobile game. When Can I, you go ahead and just it. say it? Okay, that one's HQ Trivia. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, that? yeah. I play that. Ah. You can get money if you get all of them right. We get a, we get a wrong one for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um, this game series had a really good um, installment on the GameCube. Billy oh, Hatcher God. and the Giant Egg. I mean, it was, it was on the other <laughs> systems too, but I remember it. Okay. Fantasy uh, Star Online. It, it had a game controller uh, in the shape of a chainsaw. What? What? Man, no. Not not recently, but this was a while back. But but the newest installment. Lollipop mm. chains. No, there's there was an uh, corporate created viruses. Hack dot hack. No. Like 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 infection viruses. Oh wait, are you talking about a uh, God Resident Evil? Uh huh. Which one? Resident Evil 6? Nope. Resident Evil 5? Nope. Resident Evil 7? Yes. <laughs> I knew <laughs> Man, I didn't even know that came out. Oh, it did come out this year because that the dude with yeah, the gun see, who came out. That's you. the thing. Like, we're going to... It's like, you know, the Game of the Year discussions are going on. And it's like, Resident Evil came out this year? Okay, so we're missing number 10, number 6, and number 1. Oh, God. Number 1 wasn't even answered yet? What came out I, this year that was number 1? I'll tell you... Um, Viewers, can you give us some hints on what it would be? <laughs> We're asking for your FIFA? help. 
I already said FIFA. Dude. Oh, you already. Oh, did. Matthew's commenting on our live stream. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, near a tomato. I already uh, said that. Starts with a P. Y'all are gonna kick yourself. I don't know. Oh, maybe he's talking about Matthew. Are you talking about what's in the number one slot? Resident Evil Starts with a P. <laughs> um, oh, Phantom Hourglass. This this game. Nope. That's <laughs> definitely not this year. I'm trying to um, this game probably kind Pikmin of Pikmin 5. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get out my hint, damn it. Um, this game probably kind of started out more as a mod. Oh, player, oh, player on no battleground. Yep. Damn oh, it. My God. I don't consider go. that a game. Damn it, that's not a game. It's early access. Okay, hasn't been yeah, released no, I totally yet. Agree. I totally agree. Um, th- but this isn't my list. South Park. There you go. Finally. <laughs> Hey, oh, hey, oh don't God. pull up the fucking <laughs> list. Yet. No, I didn't pull up the list. That was your brother that said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we still... Oh, my God. So a TV show... Okay, yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> All right, so we still got number six that we haven't guessed, and I... I I don't even know how to hint this because I've never heard of this game, and I'm guaranteed that you give guys us probably... a hint towards the name of it. Um, the middle word out of three is chef. Oh, oh, dude! Battle Chef Brigade. Never heard of it. It's a Adult Swim game, or I guess it's not made by them, but it was published by them, I believe. All right, well, that's the list. <laughs> and it's on Switch, but basically you go and you like fight and kill stuff, and you use that as your um, as your ingredients, and then it's a match three, and it's like you know, it's like all the um, all the chef shows where you have to like build stuff or make stuff for the actual chef and stuff like that. A lot of people love it's it. It's meal prep. Is it, yeah. is it anything like um, the one we play on Switch? Oh, oh God, no, no, no. Dude, I've got it's, that one on Switch. It's different Switch because too. the – so, like I said, you go out and you kill stuff for your ingredients. Like, it's like an action RPG, like yeah. swinging swords and stuff. Uh-huh. Collect that, and then it's a match three. So, Monster Hunter, but you prepare the food. Well, it's all 2D, too. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's a match – three game to create whatever meal you're going to make. Right. Okay. Um, Interesting concept. Well, yeah. All right. So that was fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Why don't we do more games? Yeah. Well, well you've been absent for every <laughs> other game that we've done. We, we, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So like for, for the other ones, I actually wrote like a Python script to like give me uh would you rather questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I would just spit out a random would you, would you rather question. We've done that a few times. <laughs> My favorite one is still about the clown. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather? What is it? It's uh-huh. like it's like. Would you rather have a clown that follows you everywhere, but nobody else can see it, or would you rather have a stalker that was it? Was that it? It's like everyone can see, it, but it was like dressed as a bunny rabbit or something like that. I can't remember. It was something really weird. God, that sounds terrifying. Oh, and then there was one that was like, would you rather never have the power go out or would you rather never have a toilet clog? <laughs> and then Bobby's logic power was like, in, yeah, if he was in the apocalypse, <laughs> if the if he had the ability to never have the power go out, he would be good in the apocalypse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> like Fallout, he would just be a walking power supply. Dude, I'm already looking at Amazon right now to get a bidet, so I'm just saying right now. I'm already reaching that point where I'll never have a toilet clog again, as long as I, well, you know, know, courtesy to, flush. Now I know what to get Zach for Christmas. Dude, if you do, <laughs> if you do, dude, it's, it's everybody, I've got... Three, four people now at work 
that I work with who have bidets now that they bought the $20 one on Amazon uh-huh. and they talk about how much that they love it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, why do you love it so much? He's like, dude, you never clog up the toilet. It's a cleaner, easier cleanup. And then whenever you go out to a Mexican place, we live in Texas, dude. So whenever you have habanero salsa the night before and you go home and you cool out the flames with a fucking fire hose, <laughs> that toilet-mounted fire hose is going to save your life, dude. <laughs> I got to say, shout out to Garrett Westcott for the recommendations. He keeps telling me, dude, get get yourself a bidet. Get yourself a bidet. And guess what? I'm two seconds away from pulling the trigger with all these Black Friday or Cyber Monday or whatever holiday sales that you uh-huh. want to talk about. Okay. Well, <laughs> you want to talk about our beer, bro? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and start <laughs> wrapping things up. So a reminder for our listeners, the, the, the main beer that we were drinking is um, Galactic Haze IPA from Hoppenstein Brewery, um, which I guess we can also talk about um, the Big Bad Baptista that we're drinking, too. Um, we're double featuring tonight. Yeah, yeah. Since I was, that like That's actually more of a rare release. Um if you if you can find it, I I'd say buy it. Just take as, a picture. Of it, it literally we'll has rare release. The, uh... Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a rare release. You're it not... has rare release written on the side of the yeah, bottle. It does. Twenty seventeen rare release. You're not gonna find this easily. Anyway, Galactic Case IPA. Zach, what do you think? I'm gonna go ahead and give it a uh, seven out of ten because I don't usually like IPAs. It's but uh, that's more about personal preference. But it does a good job of being an IPA. And to be hypocritical, a good IPA in my matter is something that I'm not really going to like all that much because it re- it actually represents everything that an IPA is or an IPA is something that's strong, grassy, hoppy, however you want to describe it. It's going to be strong. This one is not necessarily all that strong, so I got to say a little bit less on it because um, people usually wouldn't like it like that. But me personally, I enjoy it because I like lighter beers usually. So, um, like I said, solid seven out of 10. It's a good beer. Um, but I'd rather talk about the Batista there. Are we reviewing the Batista as well? Right we'll, now? we'll come yeah. to it in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd have to agree with you, Zach. Like I think a seven is probably a good score for this. I mean, I feel like we were kind of spoiled last cast with, uh, awesome beer works that wet hop. I mean that, that was good. It, it did what I guess this is. Well, maybe maybe not because it's a different style of IPA, but I feel like it did the IPA so much better mm-hmm. than what this is doing. I I did I think the um, the way the beer looked like the color was like rich and yeah. you know looked good and the smell was great, but still you know it just didn't quite hit an interesting note for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it is something I would definitely get. I mean. Um, yeah, th- this is something I'd pick up if I see it in the store. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, the Wet Hop IPA is definitely its uh, taste on its own just because of like, how the beer is made. And you're only going to find you know Wet Hop stuff um, like in the early to mid-fall kind of range just because that's when harvest time is for hops. And that's right. Like, hey, you know, man, that's why I appreciate it. You take advantage of it whenever it's in season, yeah, just like, like pumpkin know, spice. Like, you know, like that's like – what goes into that beer is amazing because we we had that one from Austin mm-hmm. and uh, according to the can within hours of them being picked in Washington I think it was right somewhere like up there it was like flown in in mm-hmm. hours and thrown into the boil I like, believe it was within twelve hours like that's that's amazing to me uh, the the freshness that kind of goes into those beers right like, that's always really good um but uh, as far as like you know the galactic haze ipa i think i'm gonna have to probably go around like a seven and a half range um 
I enjoyed it. It's it was a hazy IPA. I really like the hazy IPAs. Um, it had a nice aroma, but I mean, there's I've had some other hazy IPAs that I I, I feel like just kind of hit that mark a little bit better. Um, like for me, I'm looking for I guess much more of a uh, bigger hop aroma, a little bit more dank, I guess you could say. Um, there's mm-hmm. a different mouthfeel that I'm kind of looking for. This one didn't quite have it. Yeah, it, it, it was much more flat than I guess I had imagined. Yeah, right. I think I think I know what you're saying. It was like the flavors were muted. Yeah, yeah. but like, I mean, I felt like I got more out of the smell than I did about yeah the yeah. tongue dancing, which um, personally I like as a man who enjoys lagers and light beers, just mm-hmm. generally speaking. You know, that was nice. But, I mean, for somebody who usually enjoys a good IPA, this is going to be something that you may not be necessarily... um... Now, let me say, though, that, like, I feel like as an IPA, it stands out as, like, a good IPA. But if you're the type that looks for a certain kind of quality in a hazy, New England-inspired IPA, Mm -hmm. this may not check all the boxes. Right. But overall, I think it's a good beer. Yeah. So that being said, let's go back to Zach. Uh, let's talk about the Big Bad Baptista. Big Bad Baptista. Um, okay, so this is an interesting one. I enjoy stouts, especially this time of year, because as of last night, for anybody else and our listeners that live here in the southern regions of the United States, we just had uh, snowfall south of where we live we yeah live, yeah, yeah. yeah what the I, I watched the goddamn radar it's like going around dallas and then just head straight south and everyone on my yeah. facebook is like ah snow yeah. snow i'm like what snow the houston, like, like houston austin college station yeah oh, they're all getting snow whenever but... you work for a university especially where whenever the university sh- shuts down you don't have to go to work i was pissed so, but the thing is, though, is, is that... That's not the point. <laughs> that's my own grudges right there. But the thing is, though, is that this time of season brings out a lot of things that I enjoy. I like the more robust flavors. I like a heavy beer because it keeps me warm. I feel it's a mental thing. But, I mean, it's the same reason why you like to enjoy a thick, hearty eggnog or, like, you know, uh, Mexican hot chocolate, regular hot chocolate, whatever the case may be, whatever you're... Whatever is your, uh, you know, poison of choice, I really enjoyed uh, this Batista right here. Honestly, I liked it better than the Galactic Haze IPA. It has a lot of notes that go into it. You can taste the coffee really, really well. And it's a well-brewed, or I know it's not actually coffee, but the beans themselves, because they have to roast them before they throw them in there. They have to roast them because you can taste that roasted kind of flavor to it. It reminds me almost like a French roast where it is a little bit more pungent, something that actually kicks you a little bit more. I do know my coffee a little bit better than I do my beer, and that right there has a good coffee flavor. And you can taste the cinnamon really well as well. Now, it actually could be brewed coffee. Um, It depends on the brewery and how they um, add their beer, but I will say when we brew our Imperial Stout, we put coffee in it. And what we do is we do a cold brewed coffee in a French press. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah. So we get we get a really nice, strongly brewed coffee and pour that into our secondary fermentation. You can taste something like that to the Grizzly Green Bear, because you do it with the Grizzly Green Bear, right? Coffee, no, no, just our Imperial Stout. The Grizzly Green Bear is the big old Imperial IPA. Well, you can taste the Imperial notes, I guess. Then um, the similar stylings in this beer, because it has it adds a little bit of sweetness. I feel like to it, you know. And I guess that's when you all get, when you kind of get to the, like the higher alcohol range. Yeah, that 
I, I guess comes out a little bit. For sure, for sure. I was really surprised. I really enjoyed this. The smell is great. You can taste the cinnamon. If you like cinnamon, you're going to like this. If you like coffee, you're going to like this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 8 out of 10. All right. You know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Scott, what do you, what do you um, think of the Big Bad Batista? The only other things I can compare it to is Austin Beerworks Black Thunder and that. What style is that? That is a dark beer. <laughs> I, I need to bring it up here because I think you guys would like it. But, um, yeah, I, I've had that and I've had um, the one we had last time, the the rum. Uh, oh, the, the, the rum-aged Imperial Stout. Yeah. Ooh. That was good. Uh, that was Legion from Community. Yeah, Legion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't have it on the show, but I think we had it. We had it before the show. Before the show, that's right. But anyways, I, I was going to kind of say, like, you know, both Epic and Austin Beer Works are, like, you know, fighting each other for, like, the best beers that I've really had. Really? Well, I mean, we had that raspberry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that, that, was, that was pretty good. Little brainless raspberry right, or whatever. Yeah. That was, like, really good. And, and so far, everything I've had from, you know, Austin Beer Works has been really good. And I agree, man. Like, this this is a really good, like, dark beer. And, it's solid, man. Yeah, yeah. and... I'm like I don't drink coffee, so I, I don't have that um, sense of uh, like being able to. You don't have detect a taste on for your it, palate. Dude. You well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's that's not what I'm going to this beer for. But what I enjoy about this is the um, the flavors you get from a dark beer are so much more interesting than what we get from the like the IPA we tried tonight. Right. In you, my opinion, you don't appreciate or not appreciate, but you don't have a taste for coffee, but you appreciate what it brings to the table in this beer. Right. Um, yeah. It, it's so much more interesting. And I kind of agree with Zach where it like has these more sweet notes, but then like sort of mixed in with like, I guess, I'm going to say chocolate because that's kind of the only thing I can think of where it's like. Yeah. That... Chocolate is something that all like pretty much usually comes out with an imperial style like this. Yeah. Like good it, roasted I, barley. I, it I, tastes I, like dark chocolate, dude. Yeah, I think it's, it's just sort of the richness of the flavor. Right. In comparison. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I, I would definitely say like an eight or something like that. And okay. I, I'll next time I go down, I'll try and bring back some black thunder for us to try. All right. Cool. Um, what about you, Brad? Yeah, so when we're talking about you know beer, my favorite styles is always still the big imperial stouts, because um, imperial stouts is always just you know go big or go home. It's a it's a it's a style that you can just throw everything into. Um, we we brew one um, ourselves, me and uh, Joseph and his brother Al Michael, um, and we've got like the highest we've gotten to is probably twelve point something percent alcohol on that. This one's 11% alcohol, and I always love the coffee and chocolate flavors that kind of come out in an Imperial Stout, um, and uh, this one's got some really so, interesting flavors. Sorry, sorry no, to ahead. cut you off, but no. is having a higher alcohol percentage typical of... Of an Imperial Stout, yes. Yes. So, okay, so let me get into a little bit, I guess, a little bit history of, like, why Imperial Stouts are a thing. So, Stouts originally were, you know, just a dark beer that was brewed, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, if you look at something like Guinness, that's, like, you know, just... Um, I guess what you call a regular stout, uh, that's just a regular, uh, it's just a dark beer. That one's around like probably five, 6%. But what happened, um, way back when is that like England was brewing, uh, beers for the Russian czars mm-hmm. and to be able to ship it from England over to Russia and not have the beer spoil in between then what they were doing is raising the alcohol percentage so that it, it would last the journey. 
Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's where the Imperial Stout came from. And, like, the Imperial Qualifier just is something that we've taken to mean now, like, stronger alcohol. That's mm-hmm. why you have things like Imperial IPAs that are just IPAs with stronger alcohol. Um, yeah, and- I saw someone knock the czars on their ass considering that Russia considered <laughs> yeah. beer as a soft drink back in the 90s and 80s. Yeah, because, like, the style, like... For the most part, if you if you look around, you'll you'll find Russian imperial stouts. Really? Yeah, but it doesn't mean that it was brewed in Russia or anything like that. It's just that's the name of the style because there's it was originally brewed for Russia. It's always interesting. You see one of the more popular ones being uh, Three Philosophers is a really big one that you usually see labeled as Russian imperial stout, uh-huh. and it, it matches that right there. But I think Russia or uh, Three Philosophers is uh, American, right? Probably. It, it's honestly the Americans that have like like made the style popular again uh-huh. because like England kind of like stopped brewing them. Um, just cause I guess it wasn't really needed anymore. Uh, but Americans with the craft beer revolution have repopularized the style. That's, that's freaking cool, man. <laughs> yeah. So like another, one of the really popular Russian Imperial stouts is old Rasputin. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's old Rasputin is the big one that we used to get all the time, man. At, that's at what bars. introduced us yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's North coast brewing that does that. And uh-huh. I think that's, might... that's California, dude. Yeah. That's and California. I, believe. I think I might be getting a barrel aged version of that one soon. Oh so, yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> uh, What's but, your rating, man? Um, well, I'll just kind of finish that off. So, you know, Russian Imperial stop, and now we just really kind of call them Imperial styles. Cause it's, I, I guess it's more of an American thing. Um, but yeah, so this beer really good. I really enjoyed it. Probably around a nine. I really nice. liked it. Yeah, nice. Imperial stouts again are my favorite. I feel like this one did the style really good. Like I said before, when we were introducing the beer, the Big Bad Baptist itself is already a really good beer, and it just kind of adds some interesting notes to it. I really liked. I think mm-hmm. that we should probably start doing. I, I mean, I, I just as a just as a thought here. But we should probably review a macro brewery after we do our specialty beer, like the Galactic IPA. Or the Galactic Haze IPA. You want to bring I'm, on some, some, some Bud Light? Yeah, because the thing is, is that I feel like <laughs> every cast, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. We always give a five and above, I feel like. A lot of times that's how we do it because we always get really great beers. Yeah. I want to give a reference point. Okay. Just yeah, an idea I, here. I think part of the reason that we give such a good review is that we are trying things that maybe, um, Kind of like what indie games do in the game space. They yeah. actually take a concept and sort of perfect it as opposed to, um, uh, you know, these macro breweries, uh, um, spraying and praying, like trying to get the biggest amount of audience with like a lame beer. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's something that I've kind of talked about before. And it's not like, it's not that macro breweries can't brew something well. Like the, in fact, the styles that they, they brew, are loggers especially loggers, man is yeah, a really good example they're, they're more difficult styles and like uh-huh. to, to brew and it's honestly like that's one thing that you kind of have to give to the macro breweries is that that they can brew a style like that so consistently that they deliver a product that tastes the same every time right it just happens to be a very bland style mm-hmm. well i mean like i mean land shark i know zach and i'd like and oh yeah i love my dosa keys too and dosa ma- keys as well that's a german yeah. lager right there no it's yeah. mexican lager well well i mean it, german it's made by the Ger- germans so. oh i guess it's a german it is a company. gift it was a gift from the germans to mexico at one and point and then it spread out over to like corona tecate all the other ones okay we've got a mexican yeah we, well and that's why i mean right now we've got a we've got our own homemade 
Mexican lager. I'd like to try to see if maybe we can have that on the show too. But yeah. no matter what, you know, maybe – I mean just to give our viewers a little bit something more, man. I mean I, I would definitely like to have a Bud Light because I don't think I, we've I'd done Bud Light like on there. I'd definitely like to tag like – at Dosecchi's on Instagram and like see if they follow us or you know give us a little heart. Let's <laughs> l- 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 maybe maybe we can plan for a show where we do a flight of macros. <laughs> I that, would love that'd be that. great <laughs> just to try the macros. All right, well, um, this has been a great show. Um, Fantastic. Uh, even though I kind of had to front this one, a, a big thank you still to the bearded monk for uh, for the beer, all that good stuff. Um, thank you, Mister Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah, check us still, out. Yeah, still pimp up. Of just, course, yeah, we, we we love the bearded monk. You know, why, why wouldn't we talk about the bearded monk? Make sure you put your foot in. Over yeah, there, yeah make yeah, sure go, you put your there, foot in when when they do the. Go uh, over there. Ask ask Ben to shotgun with you and yeah. then put put your foot in. Put your foot in. Uh, so yeah. oh, I have to mention okay. um the Porcelain Pigeon podcast because uh they they've been mentioning us on their podcast oh, so yeah. I wanted to mention them yeah if you are a fan of movies or what goes into making movies or just film in general go listen to the Porcelain Pigeon podcast it is my fiance's cousin who is a part of that po- podcast and they do such a good job of like recently they talked about the the di- the disaster artist, um, which oh, is the about movie, the room. right? Yeah. The movie about the room and, uh, Austin on that podcast, he goes into like a good explanation about it. James Franco looks so much like that. Guy. Yeah, he <laughs> does. does a good job. And they're so, about to come out with a new movie as well too. that guy who made the room. Yeah. Or Wizzo or whatever his yeah, name is. Yeah, uh, Mike Wizzo. Something like that. Either way. Tommy, Tommy, Liz, Tommy Lizzo, I think. Is. Wizzo, yeah. Yeah, Wizzo something he us here at beers of the round table enjoy talking about our movies after cracking a cold one even whenever we're off the air for sure check it out Mm -hmm. (laughs) but anyways yeah go listen to the porcelain pigeon podcast first few episodes are a little bad quality but they no no (laughs) just like us just like us you know they they got back up there they you know they're they're editing so much better now and i I love it i listen to it every single week Um, yeah, yes, thankfully we, our, our quality has increased <laughs> over time as well. We learn every episode. Thank you for joining us as we near our episode twenty. We got to do something special for episode twenty, so stay tuned on our next episodes yeah. to see what we got in mind. It's gonna uh, be a yeah, great yeah. time and a good party. Go. So go go check us out, beers of the roundtable dot com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Instagram. We've been follow we've been, us on Instagram. We've been doing so much better on Instagram. I've been posting to Scott. everything on Instagram, putting all them hashtags just like you millennials do. <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're past a hundred followers, but let's get us to a thousand. Yeah, so pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us, except Spotify right now. I I want to I, I I've look tried at I've tried. They are they they're, they're hard locked down right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Well, Maybe someday we'll be on Spotify. Join <laughs> us and support us. We will be on your Spotify. We want to be with you on Spotify next to Kanye. Anyway, so uh, yeah, join us. Join us next time, and uh, be sure to crack a cold one with uh, with your boys or girls. I don't know why. Oh, I want to. I want to be you know inclusive. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>